Hey, I'm Britton. And I'm Harsh. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 325 pikes in his pike series, and we're going to listen to them three at a time. This is Getting Head, a Bucket Cast. Welcome, heroes, zeros, and Emperor Nero, weirdos, queerdos, dildos, and joblos. Who knows? And two notes, guys who toot blue notes, and rowing team captains giving their crew notes. Those who vote, those who don't, those who can't, and those who won't. Those who smoke, those who joke, and smoking jokers on the toke. We're not through. We're just getting started with your ass. It's episode 102 of Gettin' Head, a bucket cast. Welcome, Bucket Bots. Hey, we have a guest today. Hey, what's your name? My name is Harsh. Where, where, how, uh, where do I know you from? Uh, we used to work together. I was your boss. <laughs> yeah, you were my boss for a while. But yeah, and then you were a boss, and then uh, but we've uh, gone and seen music together and talked a bunch of shit to each other, and right. And you're you're actually one of the first people I I've known who has ever like talked to me about Buckethead. Interestingly hmm. enough, and so like when I was thinking of guests for the show, I'm like, you know what? Why haven't I had Harsh on? Hirsch can talk well enough. He can he can bullshit and talk about music for a, an extended period of time. Indeed. Why not bring on old John Harshman? And also, like you have kind of a personal connection. Like you, um, why don't you why don't you tell us like uh, what um, uh, what what connection do you have with Buckethead? Well, uh, actually, the first thing I was introduced with Buckethead was actually seeing him without his mask on. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, tell, I, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so back in, I believe it was uh, probably 1999 or maybe 2000, uh, my younger brother approached me about an opportunity to work at a music festival. He said it was OzFest. He's like, hey, man, Slayer going to be playing there? Primus going to be playing there? I was like, uh, that's weird. I didn't think OzFest was coming till later, mm. and I, but I love Slayer and Primus. So, yeah, let's go do it. Mm-hmm. It turns out it was Enfest over uh, gotcha. in the Kitsap Peninsula. Right, right. And, you know, I never thought that I'd want to, like, you know, work security at a show that be the man. But whatever. I needed money. Sure. I had right. no job at the time. And mm-hmm. I had a weed addiction just like I do <laughs> for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> and so. Do what you got to do for weed, brother. Indeed, indeed. And you for ever, the you weed. Ever, you ever suck dick for weed? I have not. I've never sucked dick for anything. Really? Yeah. I've sucked dick for free before. Never what? for weed, though. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. I'm like, well, yeah, like, I've sucked dick for fucking free. I should at least get weed out of it. Yeah. I mean, like, other than. Other than the fact that you'd want both anyways, so might as well just roll with it. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was uh, working this show, and they had me working a gate, and it was boring as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I smoked cigarettes back then. It was down to my last couple. It was mm-hmm. like, God damn it, I got to ration this shit out. Right. Uh, people would come up, and if they didn't have their pass, I couldn't let them in. Well, this minivan pulled up, and the guy was like, hey, man, I've got Primus in the van. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy fucking shit, he's got Primus in there? Yeah. I was like, let me see. I looked in, and the only one I recognized was Les Claypool. Right. And I kind of I mean, would you would you really recognize Larry Lalonde if you just saw him? No, but like, <laughs> like the guys look t- Tim Alexander. Like they, no, they're not iconic looking. Not necessarily, but you know, like uh, the look was a bit different there. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there was obviously Brain was there, who 
you know, has a little bit of tint to his skin. Oh, oh that's right. So this is in the late 90s. Though. Yeah, the late 90s. So when Brain was playing with Primus. When Brain was playing or, with Primus yeah, and yeah. so was Buckethead. Right, and, right. Uh, I saw Les and I looked at everybody. I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? Like, you know, just be cool about it. They're like, hey, man. I was like, yep, go on in. You're definitely Primus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, what, did, what did that van smell like? Ah, uh, shit. I was smoking cigarettes then. And, oh, you know, uh, I actually was like undiagnosed with uh, a pretty bad allergies for uh, my, pretty much my whole life with my nose being plugged up. So. Oh, bummer. So you couldn't smell Primus. No, no. That's I actually couldn't. not a bummer. That's probably, in this case, a pretty, pretty felicitous. Yeah, and, and especially it's, it's at that time. Ser- serendipity right there, not being able to smell Primus. <laughs> the 90s were not known for hygienic rock stars. Yeah, I I don't think Primus is known for, like, smelling good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine it to smell like old mushroom farts, perhaps. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd smell like the, the bottom half of the vegan menu somewhere. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah, so uh, wound up, like, working the rest of the show. They had me come in, and Primus came on stage. I was like, okay, man, here's your shirt. I quit. Like, you can mail me my check. Like, I'm here to see Primus. So they're like, oh, work's not done. I was like, for me, it is. We're not going to hire you back again. I was like, ah, I don't think I want to do this ever again. So go down and get in the pit. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? What is this dude doing with with a crazy flying V and wearing a Michael Myers mask? <laughs> not so much the bucket on his head. Like, that made sense to me for some reason. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, a couple months later, I was over at a friend's house and we were talking about music and uh, they they were like, oh, yeah, this guy just worked the show, got to see Primus because they were big Primus fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, so I told the story and the guy's like, oh, dude, you saw fucking Buckethead. I was like, who? And he breaks out uh, Monsters and Robots. Mm-hmm. And he puts that on. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking plays the ballad of Buckethead and like a couple other things. I was like, like yeah, dude, totally. He was playing crazy leads like this for sure. He's mm-hmm. like, and um, oh, like a month later, my well, a good friend of mine who uh, he's played music with me for quite some time. He he was like, dude, did you hear about Buckethead? I was like, yeah, fucking Kit was telling me about it. Like, um, well, it sounds really cool. He's like, yeah, you got to check this out. He's like, I heard it and I knew that you would just love it. So he gives me Monsters and Robots and uh, Giant Robot, and I listened nice. to it. I was like, oh, my God, dude. This is this is, this is like custom-made just for me. Mm-hmm. So that was my introduction to Buckethead there and how I kind of learned to love him. And then I was hooked once I heard it and was like, okay, I got to delve deeper and find what I can. Hell, yeah. Uh, I also forgot to mention it's uh, episode 102 of uh, Getting Head of Bucket Cast. Welcome. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, that's pretty fucking sick. So, uh, yeah, we're here today then to, uh, talk about Buckethead. Yes, sir. Yeah. How, how you been doing? Oh, uh, not too bad per- at all. Uh, actually. On a personal- yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, uh, you know, just like everyone else over the last couple of years, things have been great. Things have been terrible, but, uh, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, can't complain right now. You know, as, as bad as things might come, like, mm-hmm. uh, every day is pretty good. As bad as things might come. What, what's the worst thing you masturbated to recently? <sighs> Shit. What's the worst thing that made you come? 
Uh, as bad as things might come. Uh, it was an infomercial. And, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night, and for some reason, the Morningwood and whatever infomercial it was, and it was probably a sexier infomercial, like okay. like one of the exercise equipment ones. I wasn't jacking off to like, well, like people going Ty bald Bo. or something. <laughs> Billy Billy Blanks. <laughs> no, no, Ooh, no, no. I like this them was, Billy Blanks. No, you know me. There's got to be some kind of uh, machinery involved. So <laughs> I'm a robosexual. <laughs> Well, that's pretty wonderful. Um, I don't know if I've ever – I've masturbated to some weird things on television, like pre, like, good, like, internet porn. You know, when, when like, if you wanted to watch a video, you had to download it and it took forever, like, back in those days. Oh, shit. I'm from the days of, like, uh, getting a – four hour long VHS tape and hoping that there's a scene that works for you halfway through <laughs> just, it just being like a compilation of like the most decrepit porn ever. That just, <laughs> no, this isn't me. No, this isn't me. There's just like all the porn was just a smorgasbord. And then you trade it with your friends. I actually talked about a younger, about this with a younger fella. They were mm-hmm. like, does it make you an Eskimo brother? If you've jacked off to the same porn. So, so, I think this is interesting because, like, older generations definitely have, uh, I'd say, like, more almost spiritual connections to some of their pornography. Yeah. Because, like, back in the days when, like, physical porn was the only thing that existed, really, and the only thing that was, like, rewatchable in any way. Yeah. Like, people would find, like, a scene in a movie that made them come. And that's like basically all they'd watch. Yeah. They jacked off. You would know exactly on the VHS ticker where it was. It would be like, Oh, zero four seven. Oh, that's it. That's right. It. Right. But then you get bored of it. It's kind of like, you can't smoke the same strain of weed sure. and still get the same effect. You got to mm-hmm. mix it up a little bit. Right. But- so then you'd find the later one that didn't really do it as well. Right. Right. But so, so I'm wondering then like, did I don't know this this brave new world of pornography with like all these choices has that like desensitized us and like made us less specific kinksters is it is it in a way killed kink I think it's all about you know how honest you are with yourself like I was a very much a late bloomer with internet porn for me I thought the the danger of having it muted and like hearing the wheels of the VHS tape was somehow like, that's the robosexuality for it for me. Like oh. that's what made it like, oh, okay. So, so it was like, like you got off as much to like a More specific so the- scene as like, you're like looking at that timestamp and you're like 5342 here we go not so much that it was more so like the actual sound of the gears turning making the white noise with it having muted like engaging that fear of a of being an adolescent like oh shit i fucking live in a house full of people i can't get caught like and you hear those gears so, turning so, and like so you're saying you're <laughs> <laughs> your your fucking fetish is getting caught by your mom no, no, that's not it at all. I think it kind of is. I think that's what you just kind of said. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're misinterpreting it. It's it's something about creating the ambiance. And without the sound of the turning gears of the VHS, it just didn't work. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, everyone's always like, they say when you do heroin, you're always like chasing the first tie you ever get. And so for you, you're like chasing the first Jack you ever got. And you're like, I don't know that that's it. I think it's just like the, you, you get used to a certain ambiance and without that ambiance being set, like, uh, 
Like more sort of like how a lady would light candles in the was, bathtub or something like say, that. I was just going to say, you keep saying ambiance like you work at Lush and you're trying to sell me a fucking <laughs> bath bomb. Like, like, I'm not. I'm trying to sell you a VHS player. <laughs> dude, I've, I've don't got, fucking I'm, lowball me. I know what I've got. I've got four of them, dude. Come on. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with your I gotta sell you a VHS player. Okay, beta then, bitch. <laughs> That's true. Because the best porn was on beta. That's the only reason beta survived at all. Yeah, for I mean, for a while. Um, I actually do have a. No, I think I might have thrown it away or donated it. I had a a, a beta TV, like one of the ones they use for broadcast. Oh, some weird old shit. Nice. Some gangbang shit. Oh, okay. From like the nineties. Wow. Yeah. My friend gave it to me. Valid. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Brave New World of Porn. Yeah, it took me forever to get on board with the internet mm-hmm. stuff, and then. It took me forever to like learn the lingo with how, uh, you know, uh, technologically uneducated I am. So, so how like, um, computer dumb, did, did it take you a moment to like figure out categories and like what, what the categories like were like, what did you think the first time you saw like ebony? <laughs> I, I, the, that I'm weird. an equal opportunity employer. Well, I no, no, I'm not talking about like, <laughs> no, no, you saw the w- word. Like, yeah. I mean, without a, like a picture associated with that, I'd be like the kind of wood. No, no, uh, no. I grew up with uh, black babysitters and there was always Ebony magazine around. So I knew exactly what it was called. I mean, you've, you've eaten my barbecue. You know, I've got a little bit of soul to me at the same stroke. Then they could have called the porn category jet or like XXL. (laughs) Totally men's health. (laughs) That's not a black magazine. (laughs) I was naming black magazine. Yeah. Okay. Speaking speaking of black magazines, you ready for some goth news? Yeah, sure. Let's do some goth news. Goth news. Goth news. In goth news this week, it was just announced that Brandon Cronenberg's new film, Infinity Pool, starring Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård, has been given the dreaded NC-17 rating by the Motion Picture Academy of America. The film a follow-up to 2020 psychological horror masterpiece, Possessor, tells the story of a rich couple on vacation at a luxury luxury resort that harbors a dark secret beyond its walls. Recently, Netflix Blonde was also slapped with the NC-17 label, which didn't seem to affect it that much, given it was released entirely on streaming. The film's distributor, Neon, is reportedly planning on an appeal of the decision as the film is scheduled to debut in theaters. A valid concern is many theaters will not play films with the rating. The film does not yet have a release date, but is in post-production, so expect to see it sometime, maybe early next year. Hopefully with an R rating. Moving on in goth news, in goth obituaries this week, we say goodbye to Oleg Leonidowish Alkiev, who died yesterday on September 20th. Alkiev was best known as the head of detention center number one in the Belarusian capital of Minsk and was the head of the prison firing squad from 1996 to 2001. Given that Belarus is the only European country still with the death penalty, Alkiev was one of the few known public executioners in all of Europe. What are you giving me that look for? What does this have to do with goth news? Like... (laughs) Just stay okay, with me. all right, all right. According to Alkiev himself, he participated in exactly 
134 executions. Your hire is so weird. Stop giving me that look, Harshman. All horse blinder you then. According to Alkiev himself, he participated in exactly 134 executions, with only one pardon being given during his tenure. So that's fucked up and not very goth. Rest in piss. And finally in goth news... <laughs> This week, the big Aristotle himself, Shaquille O'Neal, revealed in an interview the terms behind the buyout of goth and pizza patriarch Papa John Schnatter's pizza empire. According to Shaq, quote, <clears throat> Papa John's is a good brand. No, I'm not going to try to Shaq. Uh, he said, Papa John's is a good brand. The guy just messed up, but he had to pay for that. Papa John's good brand. <laughs> Guys messed up. <laughs> That's about right. But he's like, he's, his voice is so low. I love him like in interviews with the press when they're asking him questions. After, like back when he played basketball, it was completely unintelligible. It was just like, so um, uh, what do you think of your defense tonight? Totally. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my roommate, he would always show me like when he was doing a commentaries and like, he's like, man, these guys are hilarious. <laughs> Sign me up, Bernie. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, that's that's about right. Um, so according to Shaq, quote, uh, Papa John's is a good brand. The guy just messed up, but he had to pay for that. He sold it to us. So now that he sold it to us, I'm just going to make sure it's right, slowly but surely. O'Neill also signed an endorsement deal with the brand and invested in nine of their Atlanta-based restaurants, both, both in a personal investment and in the company's effort to clean up their image. It's unclear if O'Neill still holds the same account of investment he had uh, when he first joined the brand in 2019, but one thing is clear. Schnatter stepped down as CEO of Papa John's in 2018 after he blamed declining sales on football players protesting the treatment of black people in America, causing their stock to fall 30%. He then used the N-word during a conference call. Goth news! Hell yeah, that was goth news. Gothy. Mm-hmm. Surprised bat didn't appear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bats are <coughs> bats are wherever you want them to be. If you think about it. Um, so, w- what are you drinking here? Tell us about your tea. I've got the uh, Mighty Leaf Tea, mm-hmm. uh, made by the uh, Pete's Coffee Company. Yeah. Why are you drinking tea? Uh, because uh, I need some caffeine. And uh, what do you need caffeine for? Well, I got up early today, and uh, caffeine does stimulate the mind enough to true, true. You engage ever, with your ass. Fucking yeah, you, you, ever bo- you ever boofed a no-dose? I've never boofed anything. Really? And I've never yeah. taken a no-dose. I've never been much for the ups. I've uh, really? you, So have you ever... Oh, uh, wait. No, I did take one of some of... I, I, I don't know if it was no-dose, but it was a caffeine pill. I used to work in a... Uh, drywall factory on the graveyard shift when i was like you <laughs> seem like you were in a drywall factory <laughs> <laughs> and during the graveyard yeah, shift yeah, yeah that was that was the true <laughs> Pe- people say they've seen hell but i have yeah there was a seven <laughs> there was a uh 300 foot long oven that ran at 700 degrees and it would get jammed up and you'd have to dig out the broken wall board from there it sounds like a place that they'd um like uh record a rob zombie music video this was definitely more of a, uh, a, a 80s, like, leather vest, no shirt kind of. Oh, was it a Sparks factory? There, there wasn't Sparks there, but it, it was it was more so like if, if Primus was a band then, because it was more of it was a mud factory. There was just, like, <laughs> drywall mud, and then there was, like, dust on the other side. And, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That probably gave you mesothelioma, yeah. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you've heard me breathe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I only worked there for like a little over a year, maybe a year and a half. Just long enough for the fiberglass to set into my asthma-laden lungs. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. We love that. We love uh, corporations destroying people in the world. Yeah, that's, you know, when... That's uh, pretty neat. When you when you're born into the lower class, all you've got is your uh, your labor is capital, and that's that's very true. All you have is your body to give to the rich. Indeed, indeed. Yep. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, so we're we're doing a podcast. Yeah. For the amusement of the the lower class, there can't be any rich people listening to this. <laughs> no. no About Buckethead, like I don't, I doubt it. Who knows, though? Don King, he was a Buckethead fan, and we always said that he was secretly a millionaire. That's true. Yeah, he definitely was. Well, not not the Don King. Like <laughs> no, Mike no, the guy. I, mean, we, I was like, that's what I thought for a second. But yeah. then I'm like, oh, no, we worked with a guy named the weird Weasley guy who did chickens. Dishpit Don. Dishpit Don. Which... But they turned him into the, the chicken Don, and he was extra weird when they gave him chickens. Then I heard he was the runner after that, too. Mm. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was... Something special. Weird fucking guy. Yeah. And then for it's, some reason can, it didn't seem that weird that he listened to Buckethead. You can like, you can say retarded on this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. He definitely was a bit special. <laughs> yeah. No wonder him and Brian got along so well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. Talking about old work stuff. We used to work at Whole Foods together. Yeah, Hell Foods, you're actually pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, the food the food hole. <laughs> the food hole, indeed. Yeah, we worked in the the kitchen together. Yeah. I came and I was a cook. Harsh here mm. was a um, a sous chef. Yep. And then I got to running be things. A sous chef. And, yeah. Uh, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. And they tried to make me step down for being successful, and I was like, "That doesn't make any sense." Like, here's the data. I'm doing well, and they're like, "No." I'm like, "But here's the numbers," and they're like, "No." <laughs> and so I left. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that place was run very poorly. It was it was run by people who didn't understand like like math. Yeah, they totally. they understood math when their bosses told them about it. They're <laughs> yeah. like, "You're doing good on the math," and they were like, "Yay!" <laughs> but then, like w- when the math went bad, they were like, "Oh, I didn't even know." And that's the problem is they didn't understand yeah. anything behind the business. It yes. Was very ridiculous. And they didn't help out on top of that, too. Like, this, we're just going to sit here and soak up funds. Yes. Yeah, they were, uh, they sucked. Mm-hmm. Bad people to work for. Bad people to work for. Uh, co-host on <clears throat> my other podcast, actually, Soy Trek, also met at Whole Foods. Yeah. We all met in the same kitchen. How about that? Yep. I want to burn that place down. <laughs> burn that motherfucker. To the ground, Pookie. To the ground. Speaking of burning down, burn Speaking of burning it down, uh, do you want to get into a bucket fact, my brother? Yeah, let's find out a bucket fact. Hell yeah. Bucket fact, 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 bucket fact. Today we're going to roll in some bucket news with a bucket fact. Today we're going to talk about Buckethead and his history with vocalist Zom Ali. Zom is an incredibly popular Iranian vocalist and musician best known for recordings with the bands VAS and Niaz since the mid-90s. According to an interview with Zom, she met Buckethead while on tour for a band signed to Virgin Records back in 1999 somewhere in Europe. 
When it came time to record Buckethead's Enter the Chicken, Serge Tachyon, who produced the album and is also good friends with Azam, called her up and told her Buckethead personally would like to record with her. And the rest is history, as the Buckethead song Coma featuring Azam Ali and Serge Tachyon off of uh, Enter the Chicken. But that's not the end of the story. Just over a week ago, Ollie posted the following on her Facebook, saying, quote, <clears throat> It is with great excitement I make the official announcement on behalf of both of us that legendary virtuoso guitarist Buckethead and I are writing and recording a duo album. On the heels of our 2005 collaboration under the song Coma, where I got to sing alongside our dear mutual friend, rock singer Serge Tachyon, for Buckethead's album Enter the Chicken. The track garnered millions of listeners worldwide who have been asking us for a follow-up collaboration. Well, the time has finally come, and the effortless synergy Buckethead and I have always shared will be captured in one album, and all I can promise is that we will be delivering to you nothing less than a piece of Heavenly Spheres itself. Most fans do not know this, but our connection dates back to the 1990s when both of our bands were touring Europe in the early years of our career. We became fast friends which is easy as I found Buckethead to be one of the most sincere, soft-spoken, gentle human beings I've ever met. And beyond that, an artist in the truest form, never succumbing his ego to what it means that he is considered to be the best guitarist in the world and by many the best guitarist of all time. I'm humbled that he has invited me to go on this journey with him. His soulful, lyrical melodies inspire the best out of me, and I cannot wait to deliver the magic into your hands. Stay tuned for the announcement of the release of our first single from the album titled She Whispers Trees. With love and gratitude, Azam. End quote. This will be Buckethead's first non-pike, non-solo album since 2011. Wow. So, uh, to Sam Stokeford is actually an understatement. I think it's going to be fucking awesome. Their, yeah. their track together is one of my favorite tracks on that album. Uh, and I think that's going to go hard. Hopefully they have Serge Tachyon on it again, too, because that would fuck. I think the shit is going to be lit. Fuck it, facts! Hey, we listened to three more Pikes, didn't we? We did. Oh, uh, Pike 309, Pike 310, and Pike 311. Come original. You got to come original. <laughs> um, Pike 309. Uh, Cosmic Oven, Pike 310, In the Laboratory of Dr. Septimus Pretorius, and Pike 311, Furnace Follies, respectively. So, Pike 309, let's start out. Uh, Cosmic Oven, released on April 28th, 2022, 19 days after Theater of the Disembodied. Uh, this one clocks in at 28 minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, it's split into two tracks, Cosmic Oven, which is like a little over 20 minutes long, and Hollow of the Furnace, which is the rest of the album. What do you think, John Harshman? Uh, well, this is the first new Buckethead I've listened to in, in, a, in a while. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the last new Buckethead I listened to was maybe uh, some of uh, Best Regards. And oh, yeah, okay. That was just a little too deep with, for me. Uh, to... With Melissa Reese and uh, Brain. And Brain, yeah. And uh, it was just a little much for me to take in all at once. Uh, that was back in what, 2011, 2010? Yeah, like yeah, 11 or 12 maybe, I think, somewhere around there. Um, and, you know, I kind of go in and out on all different kinds of things that I'm listening to. Um, yeah, and some buttholes too. Yeah, totally. No. <laughs> I prefer the other, but thank you very much. Um 
but yeah, uh, I, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I like the way it started kind of ambient and it kind of reminded me of, uh, Thanatopsis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it, definitely I found that, um, all of these pikes kind of move kind of quickly between ideas yeah. and never really hang out too much. Uh, Th- Thanatopsis, uh, if you're not aware being the project, I think he did with, um, Travis Dickerson. Yeah. And, and was Brain also in that one? I that... think he might have been the drummer, but I can't remember. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't remember. There was either. a few different albums, and I think they might have had different personnel, but it was yeah. always Buckethead was... and Travis Dickerson. Yeah, yeah, that was a TDRS. That was released on the TDRS label. So, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good albums, though. No, not my favorite Buckethead stuff, but all right. Sorry, continue. Uh, Yeah, and then, uh, you know, it had some definite uh, cool groove rips that... Uh, the kind of were reminiscent of like uh, Led Zeppelin's when the levee breaks, like the da da da. Yes, several people online were saying like as a levee breaks. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I, I totally got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then getting back into his tappy stuff, always nice to hear him. Just oh, nobody the, doesn't the, like him. The nubbing he does on this song is fucking crazy. He does it uh, first at two minutes in. Yeah, which uh, yeah, it, that's what, about one fifty five. That's where I had him. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it a little later uh, in another section. But um, to give you some backstory, uh, you know, I've listened to all of the Pikes up to this point, and for pretty much all of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty eleven, uh, and up to this album actually up to pike uh, 308 he hadn't done any solos or like leads at all okay it was he was just playing riffs for like two years straight and there were a lot of people on comment sections and stuff that were like uh is his like medical stuff made it so he can't solo anymore and i'm like that doesn't make any sense yeah (laughs) but like maybe though because like you know most of the riffs are further up the neck and maybe because of uh i know he had back issues he does yeah like that might but i mean he was playing like a bunch of stuff all over the neck but just riffs yeah and so like i'm like no i don't think so (laughs) but um but yeah he out of nowhere just like starts playing solo shit again and so like the bucket world went to a meltdown because of that which was great well, it sounds like it was a great point for me to start listening to the Pikes then. It was. Like, if you were on last episode, you would have been like, eh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like a lot of his riffy stuff, and uh, but, like, you know, um, I'll have to listen to it in retrospect and maybe follow up on that. Perhaps. But, um, uh, yeah, it was interesting. He kept a couple motifs and repeated those for about another minute, minute mm-hmm. and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, and then the ambience came back, and... Uh, Got into the weird, like, staccato, riffy kind of thing after that. Yeah, and so the ambience mostly, he achieved it with a bunch of, like, really big, like, uh, pad keyboards. Cool. Yeah. And also, uh, I want to note here, you can actually hear a little bit of bass in this album. And he hasn't really had much bass at all in the last couple years worth of albums either. Yeah. And uh, it's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Monty, the guy he worked with a bunch. So he's he's a bassist uh, in like programmer. Um, they met uh, well. Um, Buckethead was working with Guns and Roses. Okay, and uh, they've kind of worked together ever since. Dan Monty like played bass, uh, did some keyboards, did some programming, and did production on like the first two hundred some pikes, maybe. Okay, we're not quite sure because Dan Monty hasn't updated his website since twenty seventeen. But he says on his website that he's been in all those roles for the Pikes up until 2017. 
So we don't know if Dan Monty's actually still working with Buckethead or not. We kind of assume maybe no, because Buckethead's starting to do things like release like live pikes and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, there's obviously like been a lack of bass for a while, too. Uh, but there's bass in here, you can tell, but it sounds programmed and it sounds way mixed back. And I think yeah. I think Buckethead is like still very unsure about adding programmed bass, maybe. Yeah. And so he mixes it way back. And he does a lot of chordal stuff with it. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh but he has that he has like the programmed bass stuff on most of the stuff on these three albums, but most prominently I'd say on this one. Yeah, so is do you do you think Buckethead's doing like programming on the drums now too, or do you think he's got someone else he's working with or? Uh, he definitely doesn't have anyone else he's working with. It's yeah. either him and Dan Monty or just him. Now. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I was always kind of wondering about that because I've never really looked into the personnel. So, so there was definitely like a time where you could tell when Dan Monty was playing bass, I think, because yeah. he has a very specific picked bass sound and he, pretty much always plays with a P bass. And so it's a very okay. distinctive sound yeah, totally. as compared to Buckethead's playing. Cause Buckethead like always like doubles his guitar parts pretty much. Yeah. And Dan Monty's either that or has like long droning notes. Yeah, exactly. Or plays like roots and stuff. And Dan Monty is a much more like harmonic bass player. Okay. Um, and so I don't think Dan Monty's played with him for a couple of years now, just given the, I don't know how the bass has sounded yeah. or not been there at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So you were saying the ambiance kind of did that with uh, pad synths and yeah, yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty good. I, I really liked this song, Cosmic Oven. It was like more of a return to form to Buckethead and his previous Pikes than what we've heard. It was a pleasant surprise. I did not think he was just going to go back to you know tapping and soloing and shit. But here we are, and I was I was happy about that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know about four and a half minutes in. Uh, mm-hmm. It starts with a build up and some power riffs. I thought were pretty cool. Yeah, in a lot of I don't know if he like just learned it or something, but I think he does on all three of these albums a ton. Is he does like three note jazz chords? Oh yeah, yeah. I've noticed he a lot of those lot, triads. Yeah, and stuff. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, and it's super interesting because he usually doesn't do that. He usually does like fuller chords or you know a lot of power chords and stuff yeah. like that. But he's actually using like you know, like one, three, five or one, three, seven chords a lot here, which are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, a, a few spots down that I, uh, had always noticed him, you know, mostly doing power chords and like just other effects with like chugging behind it before, mm-hmm. but like this kind of moved into the, the, the different style of chords. Like, yeah. you know, when I was first playing those kind of things on guitar, I'd always like refer to them as like reverse power chords or like, metal g moved up the neck or something with you know yeah yeah we love a reverse power chord indeed um yeah this uh second song i don't know kind of felt like just the first song like an extension of it almost you know the second song Mm. i I really liked how it started with the white noise that Uh, was pretty cool yeah yeah, and then uh it kind of reminded me of the funnel weaver album because like how far it like Oh, wait, you're talking about the second song in the first pike, right? Yeah, yeah. On yeah, Cosmic yeah. Oven. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Hollow of the Furnace. Yeah. What time did that start? Uh, that was like 20 minutes in. Okay. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, Last Train to Buckethead, but like in a cosmic kind of way. So okay. I was like, called it Astro Train to Buckethead, like with Transformer. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it did kind of keep a lot of those weird staccato mm-hmm. things 
around like two and a half minutes into that one, there was a cool staccato harmonic where he'd like hit a pinch harmonic and then mute it right away that I thought was a really cool effect that he did in there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, I just kind of looked at the whole pike as one and I noticed that there was a bit of a change there. He definitely like was taking it somewhere, but I, mm. I didn't necessarily think of it as two different songs except mm. for when I went to go listen to it the second time and it like only played 16 or 18 minutes or whatever the first part was. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But overall I like this pike a lot. It was like definitely an above average pike um, and pretty well above average. It was super melodic, uh, pretty fucking cool. Some great solos. Um, it ended on a big driving riff that made me go, yeah. Yeah, that one, that one, I always, uh, I was like, man, this is how Rage Against the Machine wishes they sounded. <laughs> and I also noticed, like, uh, that when I was listening to it, I kind of had some visions of, like, Mech Warriors. I was like, man, this kind of could be, like, a Pacific Rim soundtrack or something. And then I was like, how did Buckethead not get that gig? I remember when I saw the fucking preview for that, I was like, oh, my God, fucking robots and monsters on the big screen bucket. It's going to be so stoked. Mm -hmm. But how was he? When, uh, when they had fucking Tom Morello do the music. Like, mm -hmm. he was the guitar player for it. It was uh, Ramen Jwadi or however you pronounce his name, the guy that did, like, the uh, Game of Thrones music. Oh, okay. He was yeah. the one who did the score. Pretty good, pretty good composer. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, He definitely has some interesting motifs and very um, uh, catchy tunes. Catchy tunes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, cosmic oven. What's the, um, what's the most cosmic oven you've ever had to work with? Oh, uh, remember fair start. They had the walk-in combi there kind of thing. Like the, the you can roll ruled. the whole stack Wait, did in you there. work for first start too? No, we just okay. went there on the tour, but I right, remember right, you right. worked there, but yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was, that was, that's probably the closest that thing, thing to an actual cosmic cool oven. As hell. Yeah. yeah. That thing roll was a whole fucking insane. bake track in there. Well, that, that thing was like, yeah, a full combi. So you could do any kind of cooking in there. Uh, you could do like dehydrating in that thing and shit too. I don't think we ever used it. Cause like, you know, that yeah. takes a while, but God. That thing was so fucking nuts, dude. Like, imagine dying in there. So I'm just putting you in there and fucking Yeah, that, that'd you. be a pretty shitty way to go. Maybe the worst way, probably. Yeah. That'd be pretty awful. Although it'd be, it'd feel like a good schwitz for a while. Until <laughs> you just die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, it's probably what we get karmatically for how many uh, crabs and lobsters we've had to cook in our lifetime. That's Actually, I feel like I haven't really had to cook many crabs or lobsters in my life. I've worked in seafood facilities, so I've definitely oh, had to that makes sense. put a few to death. People would ask me to like, "Hey, can you can you clean this well before cooking it?" Like, no, I can't do that. I've got moral qualms. <laughs> if you can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> That's good. That, that makes sense. Well, I, I'm okay with euthanizing them because it's food. Like, I understand that process, but right, right. Uh, to be the fucking executioner for it, that, that's not my job. Yeah. So, do you just give it to them live? Or? Yeah. I was like, hey, you can take it home. You can watch on YouTube how to do it. Mm -hmm. If you want it, you know, yeah. clean before you cook it, then go right ahead because some people would think that the, the you know, white people taste, they don't want to, uh, they don't want anything with some flavor to it. They don't want to cook it with the guts in there, the, the butter. Right. I mean, clean it out when you're done. Rinse it underwater. Like, come on. Yeah, people are, people, white people are so weak, man. Yes. <laughs> like, when it comes to, like, food and, like, people, people just don't understand, like, I don't, I know a bunch of people who have never, like, cooked a full chicken. 
They'll That's insane. basically like buy a chicken in parts and cook it, but they've never like cooked a full chicken. I'm like, it's so cheap mm-hmm. to buy a full chicken. It's like, like the most expensive it ever is to buy a full chicken is like a buck fifty a pound. Yeah, I don't know if you're getting the organic chicken. Oh, I that, don't. I don't buy that. Chicken. No, neither do no, I. I, I. I love those hormones. They make me strong. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and that's where all the flavor is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like a Marlboro of poultry. Come to Flavor Country. Yes. Come to full chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's about I, right. I. Uh, this last Thanksgiving, usually it was just me and my roommate or maybe a couple other guests, we cook like a breast or maybe some, some other stuff. Um, but we got a couple free turkeys because he works for – he still works for Whole Foods at their uh, – Okay. Oh, that's right, at the distribution. Yeah, right. yeah. And they just like gave them out as bonuses and then they were getting short-dated and people got them rather than shrinking them out. So uh, I did spatchcock for the first time this last year and I took some loppers like from like yard work. Spatchcock? Spatchcock. You ever spatchcock a bird? No, I've, I've had my cock hit with a spatula. Oh, okay. We call that spatchcock. But... So the spatchcock, you cut out the backbone and then uh-huh. break the ribs so that the uh, you, you basically so uh, it can suck its own dick. Yeah, totally. No, no, no. <laughs> like Marilyn Manson, but a turkey. <laughs> the beautiful turkey. The beautiful turkey. Yeah, some turkey neck for you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you cut out the backbone and then kind of break the breastbone so it lays flat and then uh, it cooks way more evenly. It cooks in like half the time mm-hmm. and uh, you can actually season all the inside of it so it isn't mm. bland like turkey gets. Well, you tr- nice. Uh, spatchcock. Spatchcock, yeah. Spatchcock. And I did it with some loppers like from the lawn, just like kind of cut it out. It was pretty interesting. But yeah, if, uh, if you've never spatchcocked a bird, you should definitely give it a whirl. Yeah. I've uh, been spatchcocked by a bird, but in like a British sense. I totally missed the opportunity to drop the spatula city when you We've got the- spatulas <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> yeah. We love a UHF reference. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually like used to listen to that on the UHF soundtrack. I'd like skip to that song and have a good laugh. That one's great. They, uh, I saw Weird Al both shows when he was here last time and he actually played uh, Fun Zone to enter the second one from nice. UHF. I thought that was great. Well, when was he here last time? Was that at the zoo or? No, it was uh, two nights at the Moore Theater. Uh, oh, no shit. Yeah, um, it was his uh, incredibly ill-advised vanity tour part two where he right, played right. all the deep cuts like yeah. uh, no no parodies it was uh that's right it was all it was all his uh, uh yeah his own songs which yep. was awesome yeah yeah they played all my favorites that's awesome buy I, me a condo oh nature fuck. trail to hell buy me a condo uh-huh. uh um fucking uh, good old days did he play uh one more minute with you that's one of yep, my favorites he did I yeah love that song so yeah much. that one was really good yeah yeah so uh we love Weird Al. Weird Al is uh, he's just a great non-toxic good feller. Yeah, yeah, totally. So nice. It's funny. Uh, and during his show, like uh, he he had a song which uh, used the term hermaphrodite, and he stopped right in the middle and was like, "Look, you oh, know, yeah. blank, uh, like just fluid, blah, blah blah." Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he did that like at all the shows. Someone took a video of it, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, he actually last time I saw him on that ill-advised vanity tour, he stopped and kind of told the story about another song. But it was really interesting how he mm-hmm. kind of addressed that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, very cool of him. Yes, yes. Weird Al is, he seems like just such solid people. He does, yeah. Like, no one has anything bad to say about Weird Al. Yeah, well, we'll see when the movie comes out. That's true. That, that's when the truth comes that's, out. That's going to be great with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, that looks hilarious. That's going to be great. Oh, well, yeah, moving on. Yeah. Pike 310 in the laboratory. 
of Dr. Septimus Pretorius, released on September 7th, 2022, nine days after Cosmic Oven. It's just one track. Yeah. What do you have to say about this one track? Well, I, I like the way it started and ended with the cool white noise in the background. That was a really cool effect there. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Funnel Weaver album, where that one was kind of a bunch of short songs, like right. back and forth, back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. Um, and and uh, I don't know. It was it, it was a little too sporadic to to keep my attention a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like I found myself distracted the first time I was listening to it. Um, but they did slow down enough to uh, catch your breath before it comes back in and kicks your ass again. But now knowing that he didn't do any uh, leads before that, I'm sure is great for everyone who's been listening to these pikes to get all those crazy waterfall mm-hmm. nubs kind of blasting down on them. And uh, that sounds like a description of Bukaki to me. Was, so, say that again. Take what you want of those it. Waterfall, waterfall nubs <laughs> blasting down on you. Yep. Okay, I mean, don't you, tell me you weren't thinking about Bukaki. Am that. I? Am I ever not thinking about Bukaki? Come on, you were, I'm planning a trip to Japan, and that's that's, that's all true. it's going to be. I already warned. <laughs> I already warned my girlfriend. Like, look, if we're going to Japan, it's going to be Bukaki every day. It's a Bukaki holiday. Mm-hmm. She's going for a penis festival. She's going to get one. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty rad. Bukaki's pretty cool. Yeah. I've actually never been a part of like a Bukaki circle, surprisingly. Yeah. I feel like I'd be part of a Bukaki circle at this point, right? I mean, isn't that really what Whole Foods was? I mean, just without actually getting that done. Well, yeah, but it was like everyone got Bukaki'd by management every day, though. So yeah. Was, I don't know. Is that really Bukaki if there's like a bunch of people getting Bukaki? <laughs> oh, yeah. Reverse style. Yeah. That's just capitalism. Yeah, that, yeah <laughs> it is. Yeah. Capitalism is Bukaki when you think about it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, getting back to the song, um, definitely with how sporadic it was, it kind of seemed like a collage of, like, almost like it could have just been, like, all these different ideas recorded at different times and just randomly mixed up. Yeah, it could have been. And I kind of wonder about that. But, like, I mean, like, with the with the drums being, like, as fluid as they are, um, I mean, it all, it all just, like, works really well together. It does. Um you know, in a very uniquely Buckethead way. Yeah, yeah. It, it requires, I think, a certain amount of ADHD to really appreciate this. Yeah, I think at some point in my notes, I was like, uh, take your Ritalin, Buckethead. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> give Buckethead any medication. It's not what he needs. No, no, no. That's like, that's like asking Lemmy not to take speed. Well, just, just like Gene Ween said, uh, don't cramp the mind, don't drain the source. The path of lie is not so easy to course, buddy. From Zoloft. Yeah, that's that's a very ween pill of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there was a there was a point like seven and a half minutes where he starts playing this crazy heavy riff, and then he starts playing the master of puppets like at like half speed. Yeah, yes. People people mentioned that in the comments too. Yeah, yeah that, that was pretty. I, I you know just listened to it. I was like, what? Is, oh shit, that's master of puppets. That's cool. Mm-hmm. For some reason, with how slow it was, I almost thought it was like. Uh, for at first I thought it was Slayer like uh Ultra Sacrifice the similar. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. But uh I thought that was pretty cool. Um and I you know, like, you know, some of the first heavy music I was listening to was thrash metal. So there were some points where it got in those thrash times and I was like really digging that, getting into it. speaking of thrash, what are what are your big four? Shit. I mean 
like of, of strictly thrash metal or like thrash or speed metal in that in that general you know that general genre well you know um i the the first metal i got into was metallica for oh. their first four albums sure even i like you know I, the black album was there when i was coming of age so i was listening uh, to that black album fucks eh, black album the, the production is incredible <laughs> the bass sounds, lines are tasty the bass lines are tasty i they will tasty. i will say i will say the that, vocal melodies are catchy oh uh, yeah i won't disagree there the guitar kind of sucks but the rest of the album is great. The the guitar tone is pretty good though, with all it the overdubbing. But it's the, just so fake. It but is. the one thing that I, I I find that I always have to turn the treble down. But mm-hmm. if you were to hear those songs on a car radio in 1991 when right? it came out, yeah. Same thing with Nevermind. It's overproduced to the point where like yeah. there's way too much treble in there mm-hmm. to where you need to like throw a towel over the speaker to make it sound actually listenable. But um, on radio. On a, yeah, on a car radio or a, or an alarm clock, mm, banging hell yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, and then uh, you know, the uh, one of the first bands that I actually appreciated because I had a friend who was into metal and I listened to rap and I was like, I don't like that shit. But uh, he used to play Anthrax and uh, it took me a little while to get into him, but uh, I think it was around the time of when John Bush joined because something about the butt rocky kind of like you know operatic vocals of Joey Belladonna. I just, hate him. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate him. He's great now, actually. He is pretty you, good now, like, yeah. Like, he got really good. Like, listening to their stuff live now and him, like, performing the stuff that I did not like him performing, then I'm like, shit, he's good now. That's yeah, weird. he can actually sing only. Like, that was pretty interesting. I saw, like, him do that pretty well. But, like, before I, I saw one, he just sucked at doing the John Bush stuff. Yeah. But I always like the John Bush era more. Yeah, and, John Bush is a good vocalist, though. Yeah, was. he is. And, like, it fits the music more, especially, mm-hmm. like, when you listen to, like, the greater of two evils when he sings like their back catalog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sure. That's one of my favorite of theirs. Like I'd say that album alone makes them on there. And Slayer was the next band after Metallica. I got into mm-hmm. me and my buddy used to just bring our guitars to school and play through those shitty little Marshall amps and just play fucking decade of aggression, like back and forth. We didn't know the leads or anything, but we'd rock the rhythm. So, uh, yeah, those are the top three. And then, uh, <coughs> You know, it, I'd have to go with something newer, like, oh, no, S.O.D. S.O.D.? Yeah. Stormtroopers yeah, of Stormtroopers Death. Stormtroopers of Death, yeah. I mean, it, it's crossover so, hardcore. So also like, Anthrax. Then. Also Anthrax. <laughs> but, like, uh, the, the dude that was the vocalist, the punk dude, like, oh. he, he definitely brought something else to it. And I, I love how just over the top the the double bass is on there. You know, uh, Honorable Benjamins to a lot. Like, Nuclear Assault, I thought, was really underrated. Uh, Handle With Care was a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a big Megadeth fan, so I leave them off there, even though I, it, well, he, me and my buddy, we would just go, he would, that was his band and I had to hate on that, but I, I love hating on them. They're so <laughs> funny to hate on They're, they're like, Dave Mustaine is a dumb idiot and it's so funny. Like it don't, shit, shit, shit he's done like. Hello, me. It's the real me. <laughs> like <laughs> that will never not be hilarious. Totally, it totally. is objectively like. And that music video is one of the funniest music videos ever made. Oh yeah, for just sure. Like, it's just fucking like Dave Mustaine in a prison yelling at himself. Totally, which is fucking funny. And that is all Megadeth is. But yeah, it um, is. <laughs> but, but you know, he's an amazing guitar player, he is. and he his his he's actually a good vocalist. I just. 
don't like his vocals. So. Yeah, like uh, uh, his first couple albums, he actually sounded pretty decent on. But like the, he's like the Getty Lee of thrash metal. Like it, it, I, I respect the hell out of what you do. I just don't find your songs aesthetic for the most part. I mean, like some of those, like Rust in Peace is a great album. Rust, and, I mean, like even up to fucking, yeah, Rust in Peace is good. So up to Rust in Peace. Like, yeah. Peace Sells is Peace great. Sells is great. Yeah, yeah. Like fucking Good Morning Black Friday is mm-hmm. just fucking yeah. amazing. And like, trying to play some of that stuff. Like he is a fucking bad motherfucker guitar player oh, for is. sure. Like, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what, can you write something better? Like, yeah. can, can you actually like make lyrics anyone relates to? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, one part are, of it. Or are you I'll... just going to like write about like why the government's bad again? Yeah, totally. Oh, Oh, the government. Okay. I guess. I'll like, tell you what, my friend, that's a big Megadeth fan though. That's, that's preaching to the choir for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like fucking, Metallica is over here like yeah but what if we write about um going to sleep in bedtime <laughs> you know what <laughs> and, then, and then they fucking blow up and they're the biggest band of all time I, I've got to rescind my uh SOD and I got to put Metallica in there as the, the shut up the they, don't, fourth they, don't, they don't count come on dude those count. albums are so fun to they're, listen they're to dope, but they're like Matt you know they're they're a different thing yeah yeah, yeah. they're definitely a different thing uh pretty fun though what about you what's your big four um, let's see. My right foot, my dick, and two balls. Come What's on, you, up? Suck you, my all, dick. you already de- you already define this asshole. It is a thrasher speed metal. What do you got? Okay, we're gonna go with uh, Megadeth. <laughs> okay, <laughs> number one. Just just to be a contrarian, <laughs> well, because I I both love and hate Megadeth, but I do actually like. They're probably the thrash band I still listen to the most. Their their later just, albums have actually held up pretty well. Like Slayer stuff kind of got boring a little bit. Oh, but like, Slayer is super boring. I don't I don't really even listen to Slayer just because like they have one album and then everything else is just like not quite rain and blood. Yeah, I don't know. I, God I, hates us all is good, but that's because it's basically rain and blood part two. <laughs> uh, I thought that uh, Divine Intervention was a bit of a turn for them, and then like. I hated Diablos and Musica, but I know mm. a lot of people uh, defend that like, oh, it's, well, at least they're trying something different. Actually, my favorite Slayer album to listen to, well, I like the live Decade of Aggression, but is the uh, um, their punk cover album, the uh, Undisputed Attitude, hmm. just because it's it's badass like how Slayer is, but it's just a, a totally different style. Fair, fair. Um, so definitely Megadeth. Uh, definitely Anthrax yeah. is going to be in there. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think I'd put Metallica in there. Valid. Um, maybe like Annihilator a lot. Annihilator is sick as fuck. Um, not a big fan of the German stuff too much. Yeah, I could never get down on that. I was like never huge into thrash, I guess. Okay. Like, thrash is fine. I guess I was kind of in a thrash band, but I was always more into like death metal and stuff like that. Oh, we'll throw in death metal. I can throw in death metal and shit like that. Um, Did I tell you I met Chris Barnes too? He yeah, shot yeah. The, yeah. Hey, Chris Barnes sucks, dude. Yeah, he is. Chris Barnes. Hey, hey, I haven't seen it. He actually was pretty cool to me. He was he was uh, friendly uh, have, and like. Have you ever heard fucking uh, six, six Feet Under's ACDC cover album? Yeah, that is dude, pretty it's tough. So, it's so funny, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chris Barnes' vocals are so shot. I mean, they were never oh, yeah. good, but now they're like. I don't know his his stuff. Like on the bleeding was really brutal. 
Like, I mean, I found when I first listened to him, like it to be so guttural and like unapproachable. But when the bleeding came out, mm. like the fact that you could actually understand a few of the lyrics he was saying, but like, yeah. like his growl was tougher than most people's and it, it had kind of a bite to it. But like, yeah, but that's when like no one had a growl. Like now it's like, uh, it's a rough dude. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, his voice now fucking sucks. Yeah. But yeah, he's a pretty cool dude to me. Like, you know, like. I talked with him and then like next time I saw him, he said, what's up to me. And like, he was nice and talked with me for a while and stuff. But like, then I read like the stuff that he posts. I'm like, fucking seriously online. It's so funny. Yeah. But maybe he's just trying to troll people. I don't know. He also like publicly likes porn and stuff on his Twitter. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. Um, Takes all kinds. (laughs) So I got those two. Yeah, uh, you can, uh, but if you want to venture into the death metal, you tell me what you like. I'm going to keep on going with thrash and stuff. Um, suicidal tendencies. Oh, okay. Um, more crossover, but yeah. thrash. No, no, they, they're, they're yeah. Um, they're more prog. They're prog death metal thrash uh, atheist. I'd say. I don't know that I've ever listened to them much. Atheist fucks, dude. Atheist okay. Is so good. Uh, or or actually no. Um, I go for Watchtower. Okay. Ronger Zombex first band. They're so fucking good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, they're so goddamn good. Love them. Yeah, that's probably my big four. All right. Texas Prague Thrash. All right. Really cool. Uh, anyway, we were on in the laboratory of Dr. Septimus Pretorius before we got sidetracked there. This one's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's about all I have to say for it. Um, what was the last uh, laboratory test you had to get at the doctor? Septimus Pretorius. Uh, shit. When I went in, I got a new primary care doctor. And that, when I went in and had my blood done, they took like five units. And the uh, thrombopolis, is that what they call them that pulls your blood? Uh, no idea. No, I, I think that's what that's it is. That's a pretty sick name, though. Yeah, totally. Thrombopolis. Yeah, that sounds like something that sucks your dick, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like, I, I think that it sounds like a... Uh, I don't know, like a uh, Greek di- dignitary, Ron Thrombopoulos. Ooh, that's very true. Oh, no, like a, no it's, uh, it's it's like a Greek porn actor. <laughs> yeah, totally. Ron Thrombopoulos. Or, yeah, R- Rod Thrombopoulos. Throbdopoulos. Throbdopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the episode. Totally. Uh, Throbdopoulos. <laughs> fuck it's it it autocorrected to thor doris <laughs> but yeah when i got the they took like five units and they said it was like my doctors they're oh, oh you got the uh dr dick special or whatever his name is uh Do- i don't want to put him on blast on the on the podcast for b- both the people that are listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah our uh hi mom <laughs> our regular listeners will definitely like fucking uh, gang stalk your fucking doctor for drawing a lot of blood and getting you getting you good laboratory work that's accurate. No, but because I'm very uh, open with him about that, my roommate is diabetic. He's always like, "Oh, let's check your blood sugar, and it's always fine." Cause, mm. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, ragu is ragu, but uh, yeah, did that to the. Cholesterol, all that shit, mm-hmm. everything, everything came out good. Cholesterol was just a tad high. Stop eating red meat. Like, okay, you got it. No, but yeah. yeah. It's, um, rank rank your gravies. Uh, like the, what so, I make or top what three I, favorite gravies. Like to, for for okay, so top uh, three favorite gravies. I go. Got you. So uh, definitely top is a, a nice sausage gravy breakfast style with some sage in there. Oh, okay, so like a sawmill with sausage. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sawmills, the white. Green. The white. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, pepper. You know, even though it's only good for a certain number of months a year, uh, the uh, the turkey gravy, especially mine, I, I put a lot of work into it. Turkey gravy's always good. Like turkey's always good. It's just been seasonalized. And yeah. Like, okay. And the thing is, like turkey farms, they actually like make so much turkey that it had to be subsidized for a while, and then they had to figure out ways to get rid of it off season because turkeys are always mating. Okay. You know, and they can't just like set their fucking life cycles to where they're always automatically good to kill yeah. right around Thanksgiving. So that's why like turkey lunch meat is like so much bigger than chicken. Oh, okay. It's like the biggest lunch meat. Yeah, right? totally. Uh, also because it tastes better than the chicken. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Well, not, not wrong about that. I, I, I'm not. You, you think you think so because society has trained you to think. Or they've seasoned it to the point where I appreciate exactly. it. They've but salted like, the turkey. I mean, really, any poultry needs a whole lot of salt to it be does. like it does. anything. So I, I've gone to I'm, – I mostly just braise my chicken now. Okay. Like I do it in the pan like on the stove. Like okay. I boil it in the sauce right there, baby. All right. That's the only way to make chicken good. Chicken, uh, chicken kind of sucks. Yeah, chicken chicken isn't the greatest. Uh, I like to brine and then do like a. Uh, I've got the uh, set it and forget it Ronco rotisserie. And oh, I, nice. Oh, oh, you actually have a little rotisserie at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it uh, it cooks up a chicken real nice like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you know, fried chicken's awesome, but also because they season the hell out of it. Exactly. But yeah, got to brine the bird to get some some flavor there. I actually never brine. I just, I mean, I find basing, and also I, I, you know, like cut slits in the chicken too, and that makes it gets right into the meat, right into the meat, right into the meat because you cut the slits in it. (laughs) And then, um, you know, I've been getting down on brown gravy a bit more because uh, I've been uh, jazzing it up some. Uh, With that around. <laughs> well, what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean brown gravy? You mean you make like a, a etouffee? Like, or not, not an etouffee, but like kind of like an etouffee. So like a, a, a brown roux. Yeah, I usually, I usually just keep. Just beef, beef broth? Or? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I've been using like the Nor uh, bouillon. I, I okay. went through like, yeah, I did the better than bouillon for a long time. And I was like, oh yeah, this is better. Like, it's not. Like, you, some of them are good. The Like the roasted garlic chicken one is really good. Yeah, but like, I, I don't really like, uh, there there's a little bit of a weird, like almost chemical tang to it. And I find mm, the salt that's how you is know hard it's working. To, even using the low sodium, like the salt is hard to control on that one. So like my favorite thing to do is just like, you know, deglaze the pan. Uh, I always keep some dark roux around. Usually I'll like buy a couple pounds of butter and make a bunch of dark roux, break it up, keep it in with my butter in my fridge. That way I can just see. I've never thought about making a roux ahead of time. I've oh, it's fucking seen. awesome, dude. Yeah, that's a great idea. Think about it as a compound butter, but it's just got toasted flour in there. Yeah. And you just throw it into a sauce and once it boils, it fucking populates the sauce baby yeah yeah so you just make little (laughs) just make little cubes and then throw it in with your deglazed and then a little bit of the uh the 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 nor powder and fucking make up a nice pan sauce like that hell yeah we love a pan sauce indeed i'm a pansexual so pan sauce is my favorite uh great (laughs) great top gravies loved it all right moving on pike 311 a come original you got to come original (laughs) Um, what's, what's your connection to 311, Harshman? I don't think I have any connection to 311. You've never like listened to 311? I've, I've heard them, but I've never like put on a 311 album and sat through it. It was, 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you. It's kind of uh, it it wasn't striking the chords of my uh, teenage angst. I was already. Uh, I was gonna say you I are twenty older than me, which angst. is why you should have listened to them because <laughs> like. They were your generation, not mine. Right? They were like the the kids, like a couple years younger than me's generation. I, mm. you know, that was like the people that like Sublime, which I never got down. Oh, with. fuck like, Sublime! Did you hear yeah. they're um they're making a Sublime uh, biopic? Oh my god, that's gonna suck. Maybe they can have some Sublime AI songs in there too. <laughs> or, or just make the guy, the main guy, just make him played by Rome. <laughs> so uh, going back to when I worked at the drywall factory. Uh, there was a dude who was he was probably one of the more laid back like dudes my age. Most of them were like older, fucking grizzled, fucking yeah. factory workers. But this guy, like, we would talk about shit. We talked about music, and he's like, we just like kind of like do hand signals across because we worked like a ways away. And he, would, yeah, totally, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, lots of that. <laughs> he would always write uh, red wings with a red crayon on the the dryer, and it would melt down. But uh, he threw up three eleven once. And I was like, no, nah, man, those guys suck. I've always been more about like my brother was a, a you, skater punk. And you, you said you were into hip hop though, and then you got into metal. And yeah, they, but they have for the, some reason, they have the, the only, best of both worlds the in hip hop and metal. The only crossovers that ever worked for me was the Judgment Night soundtrack and uh, the Anthrax stuff. Yeah, and uh, Faith No More, and that's that's mm-hmm. it. Like everything else was just like, nah, this is just like Wigga style. Like I couldn't get down. Wigga, wigga. We, we don't use that word anymore. Sorry, dude. I'm uh, old. <laughs> uh, but Pike 311. Furnace Can you Falls. edit that out? What is the no, correct term? Uh, A waff, Waffrican American. <laughs> Furnace Follies released on May 11th, 2022, four days after in the laboratory of Dr. Septimus Pretorius. Pretorius, whatever. Um, this one's divided into four tracks called One, Two, Three, and Four. And, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. I it's, like it's, it. it's like the last album uh, in the laboratory of Dr. Septimus Pretorius, but better and like more structured. I feel like it's less of just stop and go. Here's a new idea. Here's a new idea and more of that, but structured. And yeah. there's, there's everything kind of has like this through line of like a Southern groovy rock to it. Yeah. There, there was definitely a few spots that had that Southern rock. Some of it sounded like uh uh, ZZ Top. A little bit, but like all of the songs have at least like one very southern-ish part. Yeah. Like running as a through line through the entire album, but the rest of it is like just crazy, frantic, frenetic, totally manic metal, which is awesome. My kind of thing, but it has like a through line to capture it. So this one was easily my favorite album of the week. This one was crazy, really fucking cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of uh, uh, way previous Pike back in the 100s, uh, Jeopardy. Spelled backwards. Mm. Uh, super good. Super yeah. good. I definitely thought this was the best of the three as well, too. Excellent. I'm it, glad. I'm glad we agree on three eleven. <laughs> we had, both really liked three eleven. We did today. <laughs> I I have that on record. Now. <laughs> you could use it however you want. I don't care. <laughs> Broadcast it on the loudspeakers at your job. Yep. I know exactly how to get into their system. <laughs> I used to manage the floor there. Indeed, you did. Uh, yeah, there was a. The the one reoccurring riff through there, I kind of thought of that as like one that you'd be fucking nunchucking to the nunchuck riff going through there. That yeah. was really uh, like throughout the other pikes. I noticed like whenever it would get to something that I was really digging on, it just kind of disappeared. I was like, oh man, like yeah. you should have kept rolling with that for a bit. And uh, 
this one, like it, that, that riff was really cool. And he took some nice variations of it too. And it was, uh, really interesting to hear that. Oh, um, yeah. I liked, uh, about, about nine and a half minutes in, he had some really good use of the whammy pedal. Mm-hmm. He does use a lot of the whammy pedal and, uh, like he has bass on all this, but he does a lot of modulating to where like the guitar sounds like bass, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Not a lot of it, but some of it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed like with all the rock and roll stuff in here, I was like, man, why didn't he play riffs like this when he was in guns and roses? Like it, that's kind of what I always pictured when I like heard about them getting together. I was like, Mm. Oh cool. He's going to bring like his rock and roll stuff there. But instead it was just like, no, now guns and roses is going to be Buckethead music. Like, yeah, it just didn't work out. It was, it was super strange. Uh, and I, I don't think he was really into that at the point. And like, yeah, and obviously it, Axel didn't have a vision for it right. that worked out. Like Chinese democracy is such a weird mix of things. And there are technically five to seven guitarists on the entire album, depending on who you ask, and five lead guitarists on the album. <laughs> um, and so it's a huge mess of like people recording over each other, people recording, like five people recording the exact same part and like them mashing it up or like, you know, deciding to go with none of them and bring in a new studio. It's, it's all a huge fucking mess. And there was no vision to that entire album. It was all a fucking mess. Yeah. Like it was an artistic mess. It was a logistical mess. It was a financial mess. <laughs> yeah. It was a mess for Dr. Pepper. It was a mess in my pants <laughs> because it made me go poopy. Yeah. And come, Definitely hit the brown note a few and times. Come, come <laughs> at the same time. Hit, hit my brown note, hit my, hit my prostate. Just right. There was a, a later in the song, there was some really interesting scratching. Like he was like imitating like, like a record scratch, but doing it like just yeah, scratching like, against the screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, on the strings. And yeah. he also does a, a fair bit of um, kill switch. Yeah. Know, yeah. Lots of cool kill switch in here, which is like one of those things I kind of get tired of, but it's, it's kind of cool. And it's like, he's bringing it back in a solo context, which is neat because you know, he hasn't soloed in a while. So we haven't really heard that from him in a lot of pikes. So it's nice to hear him get back to form, back to bucket basics, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have any favorite tracks on this one? Or uh, So I, I'm not really quite sure because I just kind of listened to it all as one and and uh, don't know exactly where the tracks split up. Uh, do you have that info handy there? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so like... Uh, just looking over my notes here, uh, 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 around like 11 and a half minutes in. Probably track three or four. Okay. No, two or three. Okay. Uh, there was like a, a cool shuffle with the rhythm section where you could hear, I don't know if it was like him with a detuned guitar or if he was like, if, if you could hear the bass come through, but like the the bass and the drums were like doing like a classic shuffle there. Yeah. Okay. I remember and then, that. Yeah. But with him doing the lead work over and the that bass was, was still like mixed super low on this album. Which yeah. Sucked. It was like barely audible. Yeah. And that was like the one part where I could really, uh, hear that coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then later on, definitely probably in the fourth track, there was a, I think the fourth probably was the best one. Cause, uh, there was a part that sounded like it could have been the A team soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. And then there was a part like 17 minutes in where he had some really cool effects and I couldn't quite tell if he was using a phaser or a, or a filter on there. He uses both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a phaser, but like, like a line six envelope phaser filter thing. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to get one of those, but then I wound up getting the, uh, line six M nine that does 
all those. Oh, so, the the M9 Shyamalan? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it uh it 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 gives you all the signs you could ever hope for. But uh it, it does all, all the same functions as those, but you don't have uh, quite as... Isn't isn't that made by the line 6 sense? <laughs> all right, we've exhausted that one. Uh but there was like <laughs> Later in that one, there were some weird, like, kazoo noises, too, that were pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah. Sure that wasn't you farting? Mm, mine tend to be more balloon noises because of the tightness of my anus. Right, right. You got that balloon drawing there. <laughs> uh, no. This is, my, this is my goddamn podcast. I'll drool on my mic if I want to. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one was definitely the best one of the week. Um, what's the biggest furnace folly you've ever had or folly with a source of heat? <laughs> My little brother hit a, uh, he would always like hide shit just to stink up the house. And he, he's a sociopath as far as I can tell. So that's the explanation behind it. But he took like a thing of like milk product of some sort and hid it in the fucking <laughs> the fucking near the furnace, like in the uh, the air ducts there. Yeah, that's that's very evil. We were like, "What the fuck stinks around here? Who the hell did this?" He's just laughing. I was like, "You had to smell it too." What fucking? What the hell? He's torturing himself. Yeah, totally. Maybe he likes it though. Maybe he likes sour milk. Mm, could be, but maybe he likes that that farty smell. I think it's more just a sociopath. Maybe he's a farty McFly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, what about you? What's your biggest furnace folly? Um, the time I blew up a furnace and killed a man. Was that when you were in The Shining, or no? Um, I don't. I can't think of a furnace folly or like a real folly. I mean, I'm sure I've, I've definitely gotten from a source of heat uh, cleaning the ovens at Whole Foods with those very caustic chemicals. <laughs> oh yeah, because no one else would do it. Yeah. Uh, or when you just like spray the fucking hose in the back and then the furnace died and like, why'd it happen? It's like, I don't know. Or, or the fucking oven died. <laughs> like Someone's like, cause he was spraying water in the back. It's like, well, I mean, maybe you should have had them clean when you have the ducts clean or something. Yeah. Right. Like, God, those things were disgusting. Yeah. And then when they got new ones, they got so disgusting so quick. I know. Right. And I'm like, we got to stay on top of cleaning this and no one did. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm giving myself cancer cleaning these fucking ovens every other week. Yep, that, that place was a pigsty. Yeah, it was terrible. That's why I always referred to the hot bar as the trough. Yeah, it was really nice to come into fucking like Met Market where they just have a cleaning crew clean their kitchen every night. Yeah. That was very nice. Yeah, and being back, being in produce now, I've got to scrub the floor. Not as often, but it sucks. Like, yeah, and seafood kind of a meat, they had a back area. Yeah. yeah. Plus the floors are like sloped funny too. So, but whatever. I mean, like I work close to home and I have insurance and Hell yeah. it is what it is. Fucking and my favorite singer shops there too. So tell yeah, Yeah. Who could ask for anything more? Yeah. Chris Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> righty. And with that, would you like to take a trip with me? Sure. We're going into the bucket void. Hey, we are in the bucket void. It's that part of the show where we read comments about the buckethead pikes from YouTube and we talk about them. All right. 
Starting out, uh, we've got comments on Pike 309, Cosmic Oven. First bike we listened to this week. First off, Ron Stanek says, and uh, you get to choose the voice. So uh, what, what kind of character is Ron Stanek? Uh, I, I would say Ron Stanek would be a, 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 a fellow of the Hebrew persuasion from the East Coast. Ron Stanek. Oh, Ron Stanek. Oh, okay. <laughs> Buckethead. The only living superhero I know that carries a guitar. Audio waves above. The rest. Mind-blowing. Marvel should make a movie. Nice. Yeah. Should Marvel make a movie about Buckethead, do you think? You know, I'll admit that I did appreciate, like, the first round of Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. but they definitely lost my interest quickly. Uh, I don't think Marvel should make a movie about Buckethead. I would rather see a DC movie about Buckethead. I feel like that plays more to his aesthetic, but... Overall, I wouldn't want to see a live-action Buckethead movie. I'd like to see yeah. some nice animation of some sort. Like an anime? Of an Buckethead? anime of Buckethead yeah. would be fucking sick. Honestly, it would. Especially uh, if he was a kaiju. like in, So, like, so um, uh, the person who made the um, uh, the logo for our podcast, uh, yeah. Slunkbot, actually mocked up like a Buckethead anime. Oh, okay. In which Buckethead is fighting against like a dark Buckethead, Ooh. which is so cool. Yeah, like Mario versus Dark Mario. I yeah. kind of picture that. Yeah. 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 Which uh, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, if he was, especially if he was like a dark chrome Buckethead would be fucking yeah, sick. Yeah. That'd be so fucking cool. Uh, next, we have uh, KB with a comment four months ago. What, uh, what kind of character is KB? Uh, let's see. What is KB? He's a surfer. Surfer. All right. You are the Bob Ross of guitar. Buckethead will always be my favorite player wave emoji. Such an inspiration. Finger taps into my heart. Heart emoji, heart emoji. You know, I couldn't tell that that was a wave emoji before I decided he was a surfer. That was just the force guiding me. Yeah, very, very intuitive of you. Um, Yeah, uh, finger taps into my heart. I like that. Do you do you think he is the Bob Ross of guitar? Would you agree uh, with that statement? You know, I I think he's a bit more avant garde than Bob Ross. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, imagine Buckethead with a PBS show. I actually saw Buckethead on a PBS show. He was, there, yeah, back there in was two thousand five. Yeah, uh, and um, the, Big Big D was on there dancing as well. Who's Big D? Uh, his girlfriend for a while. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's interesting. That w- was was that the Bill Laswell thing? Yeah. 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 I was. Uh, I remember watching that and like Bootsy it, Collins was also there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was Catfish. Uh, Bootsy Collins' brother. Nice. Before he passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Hell yeah. Catfish man. I was just watching. Uh, there was uh, something that popped up like. Yeah, I still engage in the face, but but I don't really engage with people I know. It's more just like finding out about music or like buying gear locally. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a dude doing like Catfish's greatest riffs, and I thought it's pretty interesting because like, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of tone deafness to me. So sometimes figuring out stuff by ear can be a little tough and challenging. But like seeing someone like play it without everything backing, it was like, oh, yeah, I totally get what he's doing there. And he was showing a lot of Catfish's rhythm playing on like. uh, That's awesome flashlight and like a bunch of other stuff a couple james brown tracks it was really fun watching that and seeing it he he definitely was an underrated guitar player definitely i mean he was he was no like eddie hazel quite but like what he contributed to like funk guitar playing is incredible same thing like uh gary scheider was very underrated Mm -hmm. that same way like uh you know uh 
Bootsy will talk to no end about how Gary Scheider is the best guitar player he ever worked with, Mm -hmm. mostly just because he was consistent and he could keep going and play along with what they had. Uh, Interesting. I I think I told you before, but yeah, I don't know if you remember. I got uh, hugged by Bootsy Collins twice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. A couple shows that he played here, which I thought were some of the best shows that I've seen. Like mm-hmm. he, he fucking brought it, and like he had a great band with him. Awesome. Definitely better than when we saw like Parliament. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Especially like you know, uh, Michael Hampton is a pretty good guitar player, but he did not play that well that day. Yeah, he was he was fine. It was just I think the most disappointing thing is that like George Carlin like didn't actually <laughs> George perform Clinton. In, oh, sorry, George, yeah, George. <laughs> I wish we saw, I wish we saw George Carlin. That would have been fucking awesome. I mean, which which has more cocaine, really? Though, <laughs> um, like George George Clinton was only on stage for maybe like twenty minutes of the entire concert, and yeah. he didn't actually sing anything. No, he like he, introduced he, songs. Yeah, yeah, he was his own hype man. You said. Yeah that yeah, day was, but uh, that was a fun show regardless we was. had fun dancing yeah and you like tried to hit on a married woman i'm like <laughs> stop harsh <laughs> fish gotta swim yeah <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> uh all right moving on we got to rich's pizza party with um says something four months ago what kind of person is rich's pizza party oh shit i shouldn't have used up the surfer so quick he would have been a great michelangelo um let's see uh Hippie, straight hippie. hippie. All right. Hey, man, someone put a solo in this oven. Yeah. Someone put a solo in this oven. Someone put a solo in the oven. And now I just picture someone wasting like a Han Solo figure to put the solo in the oven. Yeah. Melting it down. Is that a big waste? If it's a classic one. I don't know. Like... It'd be cool to have like a melted Han Solo. I don't know, like uh, it would, oh, like if the carbon freezing went bad, like a <laughs> like, what if version of a Star Han Wars Solo puddle. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, right? No, It'd be a fun action figure to have. We'll we'll do it with your figures, not mine. Yeah, that's, I don't have figures. Yeah. All right, uh, Hollis Williams says something four months ago. What type of person is Hollis Williams? Hollis Williams is a. Uh, an african-american gentleman okay uh, an older one not not a younger one okay okay buckethead is great but he is just repeating the same album over and over now i guess we'll never get songs like baron and coupon again but it's been a good ride i appreciate time catches up with everybody <laughs> that was pretty good yeah and uh graham 68 KTM uh, has a uh, response four months ago. What kind of person is Graham 68 KTM? Uh, he's a hippie too. Oh, another hippie? Yeah. Hey, man, give him some time, man. I think he's just getting his mojo going again after COVID. He is one of a kind, so deserves a bit of time in the coop. Uh, hang loose hand emoji. Well done. Yeah. I, I like how your hippie wasn't the same hippie. Thank you. I I, th- I had to think about the last hippie I did. Yeah, this was like your first hippie was definitely I, I also like have a, to do that. Think about the last hippie I did when I go to my STI screening. <laughs> uh, well, I've got some really bad hippie jokes that would follow up well to that. Give one. Uh, let's see. What is... Uh, what does a hippie chick and a hockey player have in common? Wait, no, no. What's the difference between a hippie chick and a hockey player? What's that? 
a hockey player showers after three periods. No, they don't. Mm. <laughs> um, Have you seen the hockey show Shorzy on, on Hulu? No. It's got some very good shit talking. You might appreciate that. My my grizzled uh, 84-year-old Canadian great uncle suggested it to me, and then my roommate put it on because he loves Canadian stuff too. And it was some really good nice. really good shit talking. Awesome. I assume you've watched Letterkenny? Yeah, it's the same guys that made Letterkenny. Oh, okay, nice. I yeah. love Letterkenny. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, so Don Brand has a comment four months ago. What kind of person is Don Brand? Don Brand is a very pompous, like, uh, Thurston Howell the third type. Oh, from <laughs> Gilligan's, <laughs> Gilligan's Island, Island references yeah. up in here. Fine. Okay. Don, Don Brand says four months ago, eight, oh, sorry, six, eight, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Um, cause it's Pike 309, but he got uh, it wrong, which is why I got it wrong. Cause it's supposed to be eight, six, seven, yeah. five, three, oh, nine. Uh, he didn't want to get sued for his, sure, for his <laughs> YouTube comments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll come after you for that. Totally. Uh, all right. Uh, DD has a comment four months ago. What type of person's DD? Oh, DD is a uh, crackhead lady. Oh, okay. Oh, way too many pikes. Go back and record real album with real musicians. That kind of sounded like Maria Bamford's like anxiety voice. She's a bit cracky. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the crack eyes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, next we got uh, something from Kenneth McNamara from four months ago. His PFP makes it look like he's a... Uh, uh, I don't know, a dollar store version of Carrie King, perhaps? Ooh, yeah, that's a good call there. I was actually thinking like uh, uh, like the um, right-wing Bono, maybe? Right-wing Bono. Yeah, let, me try, let me try that out. Right-wing Bono. So slightly Irish affect. I'll just, no, no, I can't. Come on, with the Mc, McNamara? Like, you could yeah, totally yeah. do that. I just read it. Something Irish right. there. I just read a comment about Steve Vai's Hydra. It doesn't matter if the thing has 20 necks. It's a matter of skill set in execution of such. We are on such a different level of musicality. That being said, Big B's guitar is the full Ford Hydra that gets wet when he makes it get wet. Okay, stay hydrated. It's been a wild ride. I don't, I don't know what Bono sounds like, yeah. is, to be honest. I assume he sounds like some Irish asshole. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Liam Neeson, I think, is uh, like if you were to like base his... Uh, okay. If I was to do an impersonation of him, I would do Liam Neeson pretty Pro- much. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, last comment we have for Pike 309. LB Bubba says something four months ago. What, could, what type of person's LB Bubba? Super nerd, like... Can I read this one? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay, this one is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> Buckethead takes on a breathtaking space voyage with the cosmic oven. I couldn't help but imagine sci-fi light beams warping around as he lasered through those melodic taps, especially at 1250. Ah, space invader emojis. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, absolutely wonderful. Thank you. 
You're quite welcome. Thank you for that contribution to the bucket, boy. All right, next we have um, we have comments on Pike 310 in the laboratory of Dr. Septimus Pretorius. Um, first, we have Bassin and Billiard says something four months ago. And if you'd, if you'd like to read any of these, let me know at any time. Okay. Uh, what type of person do you think Bassin and Billiards is? Straight pimp. Straight, straight pimp. You see, this is what I play at work when I try to throw everyone off. Never really got into the crazy acid alien spaceship sex vibe, but I really love this beauties in key. I wish he made a whole album. I think a pimp was the right choice with the wish he made a whole wish album. Wish he made a whole album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get yeah. down with them alien spaceship sex vibe. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Next, we got Joel Kowalski. What do you What, what do you think Joel Kowalski is like? Oh, uh, I, I think he's really reserved. Can I give this one a shot? I think absolutely. Yeah, you got this. If you want your girlfriend to break up with you, so you can actually enjoy your life, music. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess Buckethead is a good way to like just like alienate someone. Totally. <laughs> like it's not music for everyone, especially like uh, Pike. 310 and 311. Yeah. Alienating music. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, if you're not into it, you're definitely not into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like something that is going to get someone who isn't open minded to it, like, pissed at you for sure. Hell yeah. Next, we uh, have a comment one month ago from Limit is Illusion. Uh, what type of person do you think Limit is Illusion is? I think he's like a game show host, kind of like. Interesting. Limit is Illusion. Because, like, their their profile pic is like a fucking Alex Gray Tool album cover. Oh, okay. Uh, so okay, I'll I'll do I'll do game show hosts though. <laughs> All right, limit limit is illusion says one month ago. His likes sound like me and my friend jamming minus the fifty notes per second and clean playing and general musicianship, but the randomness is there. Random blues riffs to hair metal, solo back to rock riff, then tapping solo. If he did some work with a vocalist, he could shit out albums with ease. I sometimes pull a riff out of an hour-long jam and take months to write a song around it, but I'm not a tenth the artist he is. He's popping off legendary riffs at three a minute. Well done. I, I don't think he was actually a game show host, but that made it really entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I think that was pretty good. Uh, that's uh, he is popping off legendary riffs very quickly here. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. Like most people, I don't think can like think about music like this and just be like, "Yeah, that's worthy of recording." Record. Yeah. Next. Yeah, that's worthy of recording. Record and next. This person's right. Like most of the time, when you're playing music, like. A couple ideas might be really good. Totally. But like putting together a, a half hour album and programming the drums in five, six days. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. even if you're using like, like, like cut and paste, like uh basic beats just to kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's definitely not. Like he's the not. Drums no. are very well. Programmed. They're very, yeah, very specific which, to what he's playing to. Maybe he's still working with Dan Monty because like. But but at the same time, like he definitely has slowed down a lot uh, on releasing Pike, so maybe he had a lot of this like backlogged. 
could he was be working through. I don't know. It could also be that maybe, uh, you know, maybe they were living close together and able to make stuff quite often. And now it's got to be like a correspondence thing or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, from, from someone who has programmed mania drum tracks, that shit takes fucking forever and it is tedious. Yes, and, right. uh, yeah, it takes a lot it's, of, especially when you're like doubling stuff and doing like staccato, like snare or bass drum hits with yeah, the guitar. Yeah. It takes forever. It does. Yeah. That's he does uh, a lot of it. He does. Yeah. Like, you know, I've programmed a lot of backing tracks and I've thought about trying to program some bucket head stuff. I've gotten like a couple tracks from Colma, like just doing the the drums so I could play guitar to it. You, you should, uh, you should, uh, go to karaoke and request they get bucket head song. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, what would they have though? I mean, I mean like, the songs from Enter the Chicken all have vocals. Yeah. Much, yeah. I guess that's about it. Yeah, a uh, uh, giant robot had a couple. Like you could just do the corn bug stuff. Yeah, yeah, you could do. Hey, kids, I'm onions. <laughs> you have a uh, ballad of Buckethead, obviously. Yeah, totally. Uh, but like, it'd be cool. Uh, I always thought it would be cool if he had uh, uh, some like puppet thing going and had like the the spoken word stuff from Buckethead Land that like would live. It would be fucking awesome because that's one of my favorites. Is yeah, that is very cool. Next, we got a comment uh, on Pike 310 in the laboratory of Dr. Septimus Pretorius uh, from Tom N. four months ago. What kind of person do you think Tom N. is? I think he's a tweedy intellectual. A tweedy intellectual. Yes. Like very academic. Indeed. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm glad Big B is still in a Halloween state of mind. Dr. Septimus Pretorius is a mad scientist from the Bride of Frankenstein. He eats a picnic dinner in the crypt, trades prissy banter with the monster, and laments that the tiny ballerina he created, quote, will only dance to Menholson's spring song, unquote. Zombie emoji. Jack-o'-lantern emoji. <laughs> I like that. Feel free to veto those and turn it right back around. Like, no, I think he's blah 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 blah. No, no, I, okay. I'm, I'm I am a slave to this now. This right. is uh, I've I've slightly restructured the section, and I like just like making people tell me what character to be. Um, next, we have a comment. I think this is the last one from this album. Yeah, it is. Uh, four months ago, Greg Hyacinth says something what what type of person do you say you know what you take this oh okay what type um, of person do you think greg hyacinth is um shit you know hyacinth brings bring bring thoughts of the doors and jim morrison okay uh so maybe kind of like a poet like no i don't no, know you know what i, I no, can't do this it. is this is a jim morrison impersonator go i am <laughs> this this comment. oh this guy is this a jim guy, morrison jim, impersonator jim, jim hyacinth is a jim morrison impersonator <laughs> Uh, the pike sounds to me like, uh, no, I can't do a Jim Morrison, but like, uh, <laughs> you could sing it if you want. <laughs> the pike sounds to me like a combination, 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 combination. Love the stone, the body, and the miskatonic scale, except without the spooky background sound. Okay, it's nothing like Jim Morrison now, just gone into fucking like a... <laughs> It's all good. Uh, South Park trait. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, this pike sounds to me like a combination of the Stone of Folly and the Miskatonic Scale, except without the spooky background sounds from the Stone of Folly, but instead the manic drumming from it 
and the eldritch shredding and riffage from Miskaton. These are all good enough reasons for me to love this pike. Uh, yeah, calling back to some really great pikes from the past that were like kind of manic, mm. frenetic. You could you could call them aimless. I wouldn't though. Um, I'd call me um, trying to pee in the toilet aimless. <laughs> perhaps sporadic uh, would be the perhaps, term for perhaps it. frenetic. Frenetic, uh... yeah. Uh, speaking of frenetic, three eleven, the band. Mm-hmm. I got my original. You got to come original. Um, what's the color of your energy? Me? Yeah. Green is the color. I don't not, know. Not amber? No, I don't know. Uh, it's brown. <laughs> Maybe, <Whoa>. yeah. <laughs> Poop is the color of your energy. <laughs> uh, we, uh, when I met Gene Ween, he assigned a stay brown, so perhaps you are correct. He said stay brown? He said, he said hey, man, stay brown. <laughs> that's that's weird. Well, uh, brown is a term that Ween use about... Yeah. Uh, Painting the town brown. Well, yeah, but also just like uh, they use it in general about okay. uh, like that their sound is brown. Like, brown man, sound. that was some brown stuff you just laid down, Diener. Like, interesting. Yeah, so it's uh, it's saying you're cut from the same cloth, and as I've always said, that cloth happens to be toilet paper. Hell yeah! Speaking of toilet paper, three eleven. <laughs> come original. You got to come original. Um, no. Uh, so here are some comments about uh, Pike 311, Furnace Follies. We'll start out with um, Greg Hyacinth says something again, the guy we just talked about, um, the uh, Jim Morrison impersonator. <laughs> what, do you, what is he this time? Oh, shit. What is he this time? Uh, I think he's like a British dude, old dude, old British dude. Dr. Septimus revisited and more polished. Great job, Buckethead. Thanks. I, I agree. It was kind of like uh, Dr. Septimus, more polished. Yes. That's kind of what my, my sentiments exactly. Yes. Next, we got uh, Laura Mad. I'm going to have you take this one. All right. Uh, I'm going to do this as uh, one of the uh, honk, uh, when you try by Vern Falk, like his Vern, butt Vern, rocker. Vern, you don't remember those commercials? Yeah, I do. I just yeah. not vaguely. I don't really watch television. Oh, okay. Uh, there was one where uh, he was like a butt rocker. He was like, mm-hmm. I hope Axel don't bust in the chicken coop and cancel the wreck sessions while you're waxing the evil porn. Okay, I like that. That's good. Lar Mad. That's a good name for a butt rocker. Yeah. Lar Mad. Uh, and did you hear about that? Uh, apparently, um, Buckethead had a chicken coop built in the studio for him like a custom chicken coop to record um for the sessions of chinese democracy i think i remember hearing something yeah. about that and, and there is a story that one guy says that buckethead was like watching a bunch of porn in there uh-huh. and axel rose came in and he's like no you can't watch porn which i don't believe because axel rose would never be like hey don't watch porn <laughs> Yeah, but Axel uh, Rose would be like, "Hey, porn, wild dude." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he, he probably was pretty controlling during those sessions. I would think that, maybe. like, you do what I say when I say it's my band. Yeah, Axel Rose does seem like he could definitely be a dickhead. Yeah. Speaking of dickheads, uh, Lop says four months ago, "What type of person's Lop?" 
Shit. Uh, uh, shit? Uh, uh, shit? Yeah. It amazes me how much Buckethead likes to go from some of the grooviest riffs I've ever heard to the most annoying ADD notes I've ever heard. He constantly does this, and I really wish he didn't. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a poopy person, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I could, uh, I could, I, I could see their their complaints, uh, uh, but not on three eleven though. I could see someone complaining about this on three ten because it is it is a, a little sporadic more radic, there. Yeah. Where, but, but like, um, yeah, this person just seems like they don't get it. And, yeah. you know, it seems like they're a Cindy Lauper fan with Laup for their name on, on their online persona. Interesting. Next, we go back to our old friend, Kenneth McNamara, the discount, um, the dollar store, <laughs> uh, Kerry King. Um, what is, what is he in this? I think he's a sports enthusiast. Sports enthusiast. That's, that's very general. <laughs> okay. There's just a lot of who's... guys who are into sports. Okay. So, uh, Buckethead. Simply put, is the G-O-A-T. If you look on the list of the top 100 guitars of all time, just keep one thing in mind. Bucket had a second to none, so number one is actually number two. Valid. Uh, I, I was thinking more of a frat, like, sports guy, like uh, a co- college sports oh, fan like, or oh, something yeah. like that. I mean, most college sports fans are weird old dudes, though. Uh, yeah, I guess you got a point. I mean, that sounded like a great, like person on espn like commenting about like what's going on with a, a game like I, oh i was i was going for more like uh just a dumbass at a sports bar talking about sports oh uh, okay uh yeah well, well, well let's talk about baseball i like the, <laughs> okay. i like the ball where the the or the sport where they hit the the, uh, the, the ball with the the, the the baseball bat yeah I, I like that one too because uh they bring beer around yeah, oh yeah, they got the, they got the beer. It's a uh, twelve dollars, and uh, you know it takes uh, seven of them to get you drunk on a hot day. And you know, you go spend twenty dollars on a ticket, a uh, hundred bucks on beer. You know what they say? Uh, beer. <laughs> 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 yeah, precisely. Uh, all right, and uh, last uh, for this bike, and at the very end of the bucket void here today, we have Brandon Miller uh, says something four months ago. I'm going to have uh, you take this one. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Miller is going to be a uh, a Chinese dentist. Okay. Uh, you know, um, between the last pike and this pike, I think Bebo can finally drop the whole bucket head at go down thing. Uh, you know, not only did this pike have great shared segment, but I like the random rips and melodies thrown in. Great pike. <laughs> Green pain. I said Chinese dentist, not Chinese Down syndrome. <laughs> uh, wow, wonderful! Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, that was that was that was magnificent. And with that, we are done with the bucket boy. Bucket to the part of their show now where we recommend something. What do you have to recommend? Anything that you've been grooving on lately, Mr. John Harshman? Music-wise, you're talking about? Anything. What, Anything? Do, you to, what do you have to recommend? Shit. You, you're recommending shit? That's weird. No, no. I mean, some people are into that. No kink shaming, but that's weird. Mm, I mean, taking a shit is pretty awesome, oh, so come on. 
Yeah. <laughs> so come Touché. on, it? is that what you're saying? <laughs> like, come on, shit, that's not okay. Just turn, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see. Uh, oh, I would recommend uh, if you haven't seen it, the show um, Reservation Dogs on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been wanting to watch that. It uh, keeps on getting. Um, you know, like recommended to me. And I'm like, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's got some really good characters in it. And, uh, it, it's really interesting. All the cameo appearances they have. Like, uh, you remember there was that viral video, the dude, uh, skating and drinking the cranberry juice. Oh, uh, uh yeah. Something dog, dog face, dog face. Yeah. 420. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a character in there and it's all actual like native, uh, uh, uh actors. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a nice, uh, different, uh, you know, uh, depiction of them. Uh, there's a spirit guide in there that is fucking hilarious. Uh, and then there's a, other rappers too. I guess there was one character on a couple weeks ago who's a, a Burian rapper, local fella. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, definitely check that out. If you haven't had the opportunity, did you see, uh, also on Hulu, the, uh, uh, the Prey movie, the Predator prequel. I have not watched it yet. No, I've been meaning to. I have it. That's have pretty it. awesome. And uh, one of the options you have on that is you can uh, watch the secondary audio mm-hmm. of In Cherokee. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, but really uh, cool. it was very fun to watch it. Definitely check that out. Hell that's yeah. what I've been grooving on. Sick dog. Well, I have a, I have a movie to recommend. Yeah. Uh, Beat Street from 1984. Ever seen it? Oh, yes. I've, I I've seen Beat it. Street so many times over I, and over so again. I just watched it for the first time uh, last week. Oh, okay. And I fucking loved it. Like, if you are a fan of, you know, um, fucking... Uh, hip hop culture. Hip hop culture in general. Uh, rapping or... Um, yeah. Fucking uh, electric uh, crush groove, crush groove. Uh, what do you call it? Fucking bust. Uh, oh, no, uh, uh, breaking two, break, electric, break boogaloo. two electric boogaloo or breaking one. Yes. Um, fucking anything like that. This movie is for you. Yes. It's all of that. It's it's actually it's got, got a little some bit great of drama too. It does. It actually has like, some dark stories and there's like a death in there and shit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Touch the third rail. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. 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 Um. But then they have like a benefit concert at the end or something. Yeah. It's a tribute concert. It's a, a sick film. It's actually really fulfilling to watch. The soundtrack fucks so hard. It does, hard. yeah. There's, There's some, some great awesome stuff on there. breaking, uh, popping and locking, old mm-hmm. school dancing in there. It's just a fun-ass film. Yeah. So if you want a fun-ass film, get high and watch Beat Street. Yeah, I used to watch that movie a lot in the late 80s. They would show it on uh, probably Showtime because we never had HBO. We were the broke. The, we, if we got a uh, premium channel, it was definitely the, the B side of it. Yeah, I mean, but, we, we never got premium channels as kids. Yeah, they didn't really have them up there, right? No, they did. But okay. Like, yeah, my parents were like, no, that's expensive. And it's only got pornography. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we want it. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> you just, yeah, you gave us, you, you just gave the reasons why we want it. Yeah, uh, but that's that. And I think with that, it's time to get into... Some bucket jokes. Uh oh. Bucket joke. Bucket joke. Bucket joke. Bucket joke. Here's the part of the show where I tell jokes that I wrote. Still not over when I canned pickles earlier this week. It was quite the jarring experience. Jesus walks into a blood bank but they turn him away because they don't accept wine. Ooh, nice. What's small and white and lives in John Harshman's pants? <laughs> what? Your pubic lice. <laughs> <laughs>
I am a crab farmer. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what's the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea? I've never paid money for a garbanzo bean on my chest. It's it's not that. It's a it's a variation on that joke. Okay. Uh, well, squirt isn't actually garbanzo bean. <laughs> uh. It's chickpea. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. So, so uh, a French doctor actually found out like this week. They just announced it. Squirt is actually pee. Oh yeah. They they like they did like uh, active like MRIs on women like before and after they squirted, and they found like their bladder was full beforehand, and afterwards their bladder was empty. Mm. Pee. I've never doubted that myself, but yeah, I've always been fine with it. I'm like, if you want to pee while we fuck, that's fine. Just bring the towel you know that's what showers are for yeah you know they always say life is like a box of chocolates not great for diabetics <laughs> i've actually been my, my roommate's diabetic and i yeah. found him a chocolate that he likes a russell stover zevia flavor those are that's pretty the, good actually yeah I the, like the turtle one with the, the, the uh, turtle pecans. ones aren't bad uh the mint ones the, th- the mint those are pretty good too okay I can't do stevia. It gives me a headache. Oh, really? I, I do uh, for the natural sweeteners like that. I like xylitol. Mm-hmm. But uh, being a dog owner, it's pretty dangerous. Is that the one that's made out of uh, xylophones? No, no. It's made out of tall people. Oh, xylophones and tall people. <laughs> uh, that's why it's called xylitol. Yeah, I like that. Um, I wrote a joke about Republican wealth redistribution programs, but nobody got it but rich people. <laughs> Uh, what's the difference between the original Captain Kirk and John Harshman? I don't know. Well, one's a fit piece of shat. <laughs> and, well, you. <laughs> um, in medical news this week, doctors have invented a cast that uses a series of sensors and magnets instead of rigid materials in what they are calling a holographic cast. When asked about marketing for the product, the scientist pleaded not to shorten the name any further. All right, here's the last of my jokes. Um, You know, the field of women's studies uh, really didn't uh, come into academia until the 1970s. Uh, Before that, it was called broad generalizations. (laughs) That's pretty good. All right. So now after this, um, while I'm writing jokes, I'm always like surfing the internet for like, you know, kind of inspiration and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, looking at other people's jokes, see what I find funny and rework and stuff. And uh, in as much, I see a lot of terrible jokes. Yeah. And so I have gathered the worst jokes from the internet. And I'm going to tell you some of the worst jokes I saw this week. Are you oh, ready? Yeah. <clears throat> when I tell someone an instant meat thermometer is a game changer, I am boldly assuming they don't have a crippling opiate addiction. Wow. <laughs> It would be way better if that jewelry store was upstairs and the piano store was downstairs. Wow. No need to be smug when we all pee, poop, and hug. The clock may go tick-tock, but if you record a tick-tock on the clock, you won't be clocking out of here again. Wow. <laughs> That's really good. Nice. 
for being how bad it is. They're all really good. You know, this is the last time you'll be alive. <laughs> yeah, they're really bad. The cure for AIDS? Sit down and keep your mouth shut. Wow. I hate these so much. I'm in such bad shape. I have to warm up before I run to the bathroom. It's like, I feel like these are jokes that come like Laffy Taffy, but like non-flavored. Like it's like the commun- <laughs> communion wafer jokes. Like these are what come inside communion ra- wafer. Natural like flavored Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I've uh, got two more here. The torture made the Scotsman admit his kilt. Last one we got here. I fucking hate swear words and the assholes who use them. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, these jokes are, I feel like, like at best, they're like found on a popsicle stick, but it's like from some guy in India or Pakistan. So he like goes on a Google Translate and translates it into English and then posts it on the internet. That sounds about right. Like that's the only way these are okay. Um, so in coming across some of these bad jokes, I actually find some that are so bad that I actually think they're they're funny. Okay. I'm going to go through those. So I have like a, a running list and a, a, t- a top, I guess, uh, six at this point. Okay. Here we go. Number six. Uh, if a vampire could ejaculate, I'd call him Draculator the Ejaculator. Okay. <laughs> That's good. It, it's, it's funny in like the Bodie McBoatface kind of way. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because it's not. Yeah. Um, the Twin Towers didn't really stand the test of time. <laughs> just not good <laughs> I love this one because it's the worst joke I've ever heard a criminal can never win or I'm, no I gotta restart that one a criminal can never swim because he's sin king wow it's like he's like the king of sin. That definitely came on a, a communion wafer sin, wrapper. Sin king. Sin king. Sin king. <laughs> Ooh, we should do like a Beatles cover of Sun King, but make it Sin King and just like <laughs> incorporate these bad jokes into. No. Yeah, dude. Nobody on. asked for that. This, I did just thing. now. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's, there's another bad joke you can add to the list. <laughs> here's uh, Here's my number three. Two women walked out of a library. They cleaned it so well. I've got a friend that sends me sexist jokes like that all the time. I'm like, do you got any funny ones? <laughs> uh, number two. Kurt Cobain received mind-blowing head on April 5th, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that, joke's, that joke's really good. And uh, my very favorite terrible joke on the internet that, that nobody liked but me. A man walks into a stable and the horse says, why the small cock? Wow. Uh, yeah. Can I, can I tell you a joke? Yeah. Tell me a joke. It's not, I didn't write this one, but that's why it's worth telling. Um, guy comes home from the bar drunk. Mm -hmm. He's got a chicken under his arm. Comes in. His wife's like, what's going on? He's like, this is a pig I've been fucking. She's like, 
That isn't a pig. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> he was talking to the chicken. Ha, 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 joke. Oh, I guess that's the whole show. Uh, hey, do you got anything to plug, John Harshman? Anything, any projects or anything? Or anything you put out there into the world that you want people to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I put stuff out there, but not enough to plug. I'm not. I'm not into the shameless self promotion like that. Yeah, as you said earlier. Yeah, not enough to plug. You have a tight uh, balloon knot butthole. Indeed. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yep. Yeah, that's, that sounds exactly <laughs> like that. But yeah, uh, you farting sounds <laughs> like uh, trying to clean clean glass without <laughs> fluid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, where, <laughs> where can we find you on the internet if people want to say hi to you or anything? Do you care? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, if you want, uh, you can send me a message. I'm on Facebook or Facebook at uh, L Harsho is my name. That yeah, is L Harsho. L Harsho, like in El Barto, E L. Yeah, yeah, like Harsho. the the Harsho, the Harsho, yeah. Spanish for uh, the Harsho. Yes. You want to contact me? Uh, you can find me uh, at a Bucket Cast on most socials. But you know what? Go to our Patreon. And uh, subscribe to that. Uh, that's uh, patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. Um, yeah. With that, I have been Britain. And I am still harsh. You've been listening to Get in Head, a bucket cast. Stay greasy, bucket heads. <laughs>